All right, I got a question. What's, what? You just want to, you mean you just talk? <laughs> Last night I screwed this up, so I'm going to try and get it right. Um, thank you. What specific four-letter word would you be terrified to hear me say from this stage? A four-letter word, I say it and you just kind of gasp. Now get your head out of the gutter. I'm not going to say a cuss word. I promise my Nana, she's probably watching. But there's a four-letter word that, that we have grown up afraid of. A word that will keep you up at night. A word that will consume your thoughts. It'll take up all of your free time. A word that will make you question everything you know. Okay, I'm about to say it. Are you ready? There's a fifth grader out there saying, I'm ready, say it. That word is test, test. We grow up, we are raised to shudder at the sound of that word. We've learned to stress out, to worry about tests. There's just something about tests that can be in, intimidating, right? The anticipation before a test and after a test, sometimes that is the hardest part. Whether you're a kid or an adult, there's this increased level of anxiety that comes when you have to take a test. Why? Because everyone wants to do well. Everyone takes a test hoping to pass. You don't take a test and think, oh man, I really hope I fail. That would be great. Oh, oh man, that, that test felt really good. I'm pretty sure I got every single answer wrong. We, we take tests hoping that we're going to do well hoping that we're going to pass. We take tests hoping that we're going to go to the next level, that hard work and studying pays off. We take tests hoping that there will be a good outcome that, takes from, that comes from participating in that test. Here at Central, for the past few weeks, we have been prepping for a test of our own. We've been praying, we've been listening, we've been trying to follow the commands of God so that as he gives us the commands, we can do it. So take out a loose leaf piece of paper, take out your pencil. Today, it is test day. Today, we're going to begin our season of commitment, a season where we respond and we follow through with the instructions that God has given to each of us. Sometimes hearing God's command and following through with it, um, sometimes that's a test in itself, isn't it? But, but we have control over how we respond to what God is calling us to do. Is, is there something God has been calling out of you these past few weeks? Have you prayed? Have you listened? Are you ready to obey? Uh, today, we are going to, at the end of the service, uh, these past few weeks, we've been handing out these commitment cards, having you take them home, pray over them. Um, ask God what he desires of you in that commitment. So today we are going to bring those commitment cards to the cross. The other services, we've done it. You can see a big old pile there. People have walked forward. They've dropped off their commitment card. If you have brought a kickoff offering today, um, a sacrificial gift that you'd like to give, you can leave that at the cross as well. If you forgot your commitment cards, don't worry. We have them in the seat backs in front of you. We have envelopes in the back if you need an envelope for your gift for the kickoff offering. But this is going to be a season of commitment, a, a time where we as a church, we, we answer the call that God has for our lives. 
in hopes that we can take our relationships with God to the next level, in hopes that our church can get to the next level with God. And it's not about the amount. It's not about the number. It's about your heart behind that gift. That's what God truly desires. He desires our hearts for us to abide in him, for us to fully trust in him. And that's our dream for this church, that our hearts as a church would be fully committed and fully surrendered to Jesus. So that test, that test that we've been preparing for, it will come at the end of the service. I will direct you in when to do it. But I've kind of prepared a study guide for us to go through as we prepare for that test. Um, and in that study guide, the study guide is kind of based upon one of the most famous stories in the Bible. And throughout that study guide, we will have practice test questions that we'll go through. Here's the first practice question. What is precious to you in life? Imagine if you were asked to give it up, what emotions would you feel? Would you be hesitant? Would you resist? What if God was the one asking, would you trust him? In the book of Genesis, we, we find a man named Abraham. Abraham, he is righteous in the eyes of God. And for that reason, God, he makes a covenant with Abraham. God, he makes these promises with Abraham. God promises to make Abraham's family into a great nation. I'm talking about a huge nation of people, a nation of people that would occupy the land of Canaan. And I can only imagine the joy that kind of fills Abraham when this covenant is made with him, the, the wonder probably that enters his mind, like this is amazing. But I'm sure there was part of Abraham that continued to wonder, uh, where is this great nation going to come from exactly? Because I, I'm 75 years old. My wife, Sarah and I, we don't have a child together. If, if the nation is gonna come from the offspring of me and my wife, where is that child? But Abraham, he continued to trust the promise that God made. Anywhere God directed Abraham to go, Abraham, he would go. He continued to listen. He continued to do what God was calling him to do. And Abraham, he cherished the promises that God had made. Eventually, 25 years after God had promised Abraham this, this great nation that would come from him, um, his wife, Sarah, has a child. Now, now at this point, Abraham, if you've done the math, he's a hundred years old. His wife, Sarah, at this point is 90 years old, but they have a baby boy and they named that boy, Isaac. Isaac, the name Isaac means laughter. And I love that because when God told Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a child, they both laughed. But can you imagine Abraham and Sarah after years of dreaming of having a child together, finally here was their precious little boy. Years, 25 years of Abraham waiting for this promised son, this, this promise that God had given him. It was finally here. And I'm sure they shared many years of laughter together as a family, but, but there was one day Abraham was going to face a test, probably the hardest test he would ever have to face. This was no pop quiz. This was more like a final exam. Here's what the Bible says. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Now, the first word we see, the first key word is tested in that verse. God tested Abraham. He tested him. God knew that there was something rooted deep down in Abraham. 
And God wanted to test Abraham to bring that out of him to the surface so that Abraham could recognize it as well. And don't miss how Abraham responds. He says, here I am. Whatever you need, God, here I am. I am listening. I am ready to be directed. I am ready to be taught. I am ready to be examined by you. But I'm not too sure Abraham was ready or prepared for what God was going to say. Here's what the Bible says. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. A burnt offering was something that was done in the Old Testament as a way to show devotion to God. These burnt offerings were often done um, for the forgiveness of sins. The Hebrew word for burnt offering is olah. It actually means ascend, to literally go up in smoke. You would place your offering on the altar, usually a, a bull or a ram or a goat or a lamb. You place that animal on the altar, then you would take its life and then you would burn it. And the symbolism was that the smoke, as the smoke would rise from that burnt offering, it was like uh, that, that smoke was ascending. It was going up in smoke. That offering that you just placed, that you offered to God, it was going up and that aroma was pleasing to the Lord. So God, he obviously likes barbecue. <laughs> Oh, so weird. Um, But this was something that Abraham, he probably did many times, right? This was something that was required of them to do regularly. But but this time it was different. My son, Abraham thought, my, my only son, the son that you promised, the son that I waited for, the son that I love. And this was the very first time in the Bible that the word love is used. The Hebrew word for love is ahava. And the root word there. In that, in there is have, and that root word have, it means to give. Love is essentially an act of giving. Now imagine Abraham struggling to sleep that night. Uh, All of these things processing in his mind, uh, all that God has kind of placed on his heart, this test. But the next morning, Abraham, he gets up and immediately he starts to prepare for his journey to Moriah. Okay, here's the next practice question. What benefits come from taking immediate action and obeying? What is the danger of putting it off? Is there something you feel God has been calling you to do or commit to, but you have been procrastinating? And you would think that Abraham, when he woke up that morning, he would take his time, right? Maybe have a cup of coffee. I'm gonna read the newspaper. I'm gonna get some things done. You'd think he would stall, but immediately he starts to work. He starts to get the supplies and stuff together. He has zero hesitation. He's not following God's command because he feels like he's forced to. He's following God's command because he believes that God has his best interest in mind. Even if it doesn't make sense in that moment, Abraham, he trusts and obeys God. Here's what the Bible says. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took him... He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Abraham, he did all of this work personally. 
He had lots of servants. He could have had someone else do it, but he chose to do it himself. He got all the supplies. He saddled the donkey. He went and he cut the wood, that wood that would be used as a burnt offering of his son. Was there something about him personally doing that himself? Now, maybe you've heard this story before. I grew up hearing this story. A lot of times when we first hear this story, we envision Isaac in this moment as a little boy, as a child. But actually at this time, Isaac, he was 25 to 33 years old. He was a grown man, which means Abraham, he was around 125, 133 years old. He's an old man. And together they go, they travel on this journey to Moriah. Isaac trusted his father. And he went with. Now the, the, the region where they're going, they're going to this mountain, Moriah. Moriah is where modern day Jerusalem is today. So they were traveling to this mountain in the area where Jerusalem, the city Jerusalem would eventually be built. Does that make you think of anyone? Is there something else that comes to your mind? Uh, someone being sacrificed on a hill in a city of Jerusalem? Well, if you've kind of put those pieces together, hold on to those thoughts, that's going to be extra credit in the end. But they, they lived about 45 miles from Moriah. So it took them three days. It took them three days to travel. Maybe three days makes you think of something else as well. But I can't imagine what Abraham was going through as they traveled those three days, the emotions that were battling inside of them, right? Sometimes we're, we feel called to do something, but still we have these emotions that are kind of fighting inside of us, kind of teaching us different things about ourselves. Now, I have no idea what Abraham was learning about himself through this process. And I have no idea what Isaac was probably thinking as well, right? Isaac had to realize something was weird. Something is going on here. Yet he continued to follow and obey his father, Abraham. Here's what the Bible says. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while my son and I go over there. We will worship and then... We will come back to you. Notice what Abraham says. He says, we, 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 we will go and worship. And then we, we will come back to you. Was he implying that he believed that he would be returning with his son, believing and trusting that God was going to make a way for both he and his son to return safely. Maybe all three of those days that they traveled, maybe even as he and his son began to ascend that mountain, Maybe Abraham was remembering the promises that God had made to him, that he would be made into a great nation. At one point, God had even told Abraham, your family line, it will continue through Isaac. That great nation, it is going to come from Isaac. So as Abraham remembers that promise, maybe it gives him hope. Maybe even believing that even if Isaac is killed, the God that I serve, he can raise him from the dead because of this promise that God had made. Abraham knew that anything was possible with God. And Abraham knew that God would keep his promise. So Abraham, he rests in that promise that God had given him. And Abraham, he believes we will come back to you. 
Okay, practice question number three. Do you rest and believe in God's promises even when it feels like you are being called to do something outside your comfort zone? Do you have faith to trust God even when it doesn't make sense? So Abraham and Isaac, they're ready to ascend that mountain. Ready to make that long walk together. Here's what the Bible says. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, he said to his father, Abraham, my father, here I am, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac, he is carrying the wood up that mountain. He's carrying the wood for his very own sacrifice. And as they walk, I imagine them walking in silence, right? Abraham, he kind of is just lost in thought, not knowing what to say to his son. Isaac is kind of probably putting things together, thinking this is weird. They've done this before, right? Where is the lamb? Where is the animal? Where is the sacrifice for the offering? Isaac, eventually he breaks the silence. He says, dad, what's going on? Where's the sacrifice? Here's how Abraham replies. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. The two of them went on together, basically translates to they walked together in agreement. They walked together in agreement. There was no resistance from either of them. Isaac, he trusted his father, Abraham. And Abraham, though he carried the fire, though he carried the knife, the devices that could end his only son's life, he continued to trust God. He continued to believe that God would provide Eventually, they arrive to the place of the mountain that God had directed them to go. And Abraham, he immediately begins to build this altar. It's what the Bible says. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar, the altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Imagine as Abraham is having to tie the hands of his son. He's tying the knots as he's having to tie his his feet and his legs together, binding him with this rope. I imagine the, the, the sweat pouring down his face, maybe tears forming in his eyes. I imagine in his mind, he begins to think, okay, God, anytime now you can provide. Anytime this is getting a little scary. Imagine Isaac, he's 25, 33 years old. His father is 125 years old. Isaac could have fought back. Isaac could have resisted, but he doesn't. He willingly submits. Isaac willingly lays on top of the altar. Isaac, he willingly lays down, bound on that wood. And in my mind, as this whole process is taking place, I imagine Abraham saying, here I am. Here I am, son. I'm here with you. Don't worry. I'm I'm here. I'm here. Then eventually, his son laying on the altar, bound. Abraham takes the knife in his hand. He looks at it. And he raises the knife above his head. He looks at his son and then maybe closes his eyes. He can't even watch what he is about to do. But right before he is about to strike his son with the knife, boom. 
a voice comes from the heavens, a voice coming down from heaven saying, Abraham, Abraham. Here's what the Bible says. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham, again, in this moment, submitting to God, here I am. What do you have to say now, God? Maybe a little bit more enthusiastic, glad that this this, uh, event got interrupted. Here I am, what do you got? The voice of the angel of the Lord ringing in his ears, commanding him not to hurt his son. Imagine the relief. Imagine the affirmation that Abraham felt. Abraham continues to show his heart towards God by his willingness and trust to obey him. Even when ultimately it would sacrifice the most precious thing in his life. Abraham believed that fully that one way or another God was going to provide. So Abraham did not withhold anything from God. Okay, practice question number four. Is there something that you are withholding from God? What would it feel like for you to feel affirmed by God? How would that affect your view of him and your relationship with him? In my mind, after the angel of the Lord stops Abraham, I imagine Abraham still the knife in his hand. He begins to unbind his son. He starts to cut the ropes away, freeing his son from that position. And as he's doing that, he looks up and there in the bushes, he sees something that is caught. Here's what the Bible says. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God, he had not called off the sacrifice. There still was a sacrifice required, but God, he would provide a substitute himself for the sacrifice. God, he provided In Abraham's time of need, God provided and kept his promise that he had made. And and Abraham, he names that mountain the Lord will provide. He names it Jehovah Jireh. He does not name that mountain based upon what he experienced. He does not name that mountain Mount Agony. He doesn't name that mountain Mount Suffering. He doesn't name that mountain Mount Obedience even. He names it in reference to what God did, Mount Provision. Okay, last practice question. Are there areas in your life that you need to name the Lord will provide? Areas that God is calling you to not withhold from him. What would it look like to follow God's commands, step out in faith and believe that the Lord will provide? After Abraham offers that burnt offering to the Lord, the angel of the Lord begins to speak again. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand, the seashore. 
Abraham, he was obedient. He listened. He did not withhold anything from God. And now here God is reaffirming his promise to Abraham. Blessings and provision beyond measure. Abraham, he had been tested and he passed. Through trust and obedience, Abraham, he follows the commands that God gave him. Abraham, he took his relationship with God to the next level. Abraham listened to what God had commanded him. And without hesitation, he obeyed and did what God had asked him to do. And Abraham, he came down off that mountain with his son. He was right when he told his servants, we will come back to you. You imagine as they are coming back to the servants, not only that, as Abraham comes down that mountain, he is coming down in stride with the promises of God. He, he is coming down that mountain, mount provision the Lord will provide after experiencing an encounter with Jehovah Jireh. He comes down off that mountain with his relationship with God even stronger, his relationship with God even deeper, his relationship with God even richer, all because he had been willing to give everything to God. He had laid it all down on the altar. He did not withhold anything, trusting that his God, Jehovah Jireh, he would provide. Has this story reminded you of anyone? Maybe reminded you of a different story that you heard in the Bible? A burnt offering, a sacrifice that was needing to be made for the forgiveness of sins. God ending up providing for that sacrifices. Maybe you've put it all together. But maybe if you haven't, this whole story, it's pointing towards Jesus. The entirety of this scenario that plays out for those three days, it's a foreshadowing of the sacrifice that Jesus would ultimately provide. Jesus, he is all over this story. Uh, let's kind of look at those places. The, the first thing, the first spot in this that we can kind of point out Jesus is he was there. The angel of the Lord. Anytime you see the angel of the Lord, when it says the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, that is the pre-incarnate Jesus just before Jesus came to earth, born as a child. God represented in human form. The angel of the Lord was the voice stopping Abraham. Jesus stopping Abraham. Abraham, don't hurt your son. And then we can start to compare Isaac and Jesus through this experience. Isaac was a promised son. Jesus also a promised son. Jesus was the promised one. Isaac was an only son loved by his father. Jesus was God's one and only son loved by him. Isaac did not resist, but willingly submitted to his father's commands. Jesus also did not resist and willingly submitted to his father's commands. Isaac was between 25 and 33 years old. Jesus, he was 33 years old when he was crucified. Isaac carried the wood for his own sacrifice. Jesus, he carried the cross, the wood for his own sacrifice. Isaac was bound on wood on a mountain in Moriah. Jesus, he was bound to a wooden cross on a hill in that very same area. Isaac, he was delivered from death on the third day of that journey. And Jesus Christ, he was raised from the dead three days after his journey into death. It all points to Jesus. Jesus, he is all over the story. God is directing us to Jesus because Jesus is God's ultimate provision, his ultimate promise for us. 
a sacrifice was needed, a, 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 a burnt offering was still required. And God provided his one and only son so that there would be nothing separating us from God. The difference between Jesus and Isaac, now here comes the contrast, right? The difference between Isaac and Jesus. Jesus, he goes through with the sacrifice. Jesus, he dies upon the cross. But then God, he does exactly what Abraham believed that his God, Jehovah Jireh, could do. God, he raises Jesus from the dead. God provided the burnt offering for the entire world. The offering that we needed for the forgiveness of our sins, his only son, he provided Jesus, providing us that forgiveness, providing us grace upon grace upon grace. Maybe you've heard this famous verse from the book of John. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God displayed his love for us, a sacrificial act of giving, the giving of his one and only son. And by the grace that we receive from Jesus, we are blessed beyond measure, blessed in this life and blessed to have the promise of eternal life when we believe in him. Because of Jesus, we are able to walk whatever mountain we face in life we are able to walk in stride with the promises of God. We are able to believe that no matter what, God will provide Jehovah Jireh. He is on our side. And now we get to respond as we live in that grace. What has God been calling out of you? Has God been calling your name? Has he been whispering your name? Are you listening? Are you ready to say, here I am? Are you ready to follow through and do? Are you ready to trust and obey? Are you willing to lay it all down at the altar and not withhold anything God is calling from you? Are you willing to trust that Jehovah Jireh that God will provide? Laying down an offering that, that will ascend, that will go up and smoke your offering that you lay down being a soothing and pleasing aroma to your good God. And when God the Father wanted to show us the ultimate demonstration of his love for us and his commitment to us, he gave us his one and only son. So now we can say to our God, now we can say to the Lord that provides, now we can say to Jehovah Jireh, now we can say, now I know that you love me. Seeing that you have not withheld your son from me, your only son, so we will not withhold anything from you. We are about to take that test together as a church family. We've been praying, we've been listening, we've been preparing for this moment where we get to do, we get to follow through with what God has placed on all of our hearts individually. Um, in a moment, um, I'm gonna pray. Right after I pray, you can get up out of your seats and then you will make your way down to the cross with your commitment card or your gift for the kickoff offering. You'll just place both of those at the cross. And then we have something for you to kind of remind you of this commitment that you made. We made these keychains for you to take home. We wanted you to come down here and receive something, something that you're able to take home, put it on your keychain, something that you can see every single day to remind you that you serve Jehovah Jireh.
the God who provides. And as you are willing to not withhold anything from him, he will fill your life with goodness. So once you drop off your commitment card, your, your envelope of the offering, you can grab one of these keychains. My dad and I will be, will be down here to give you high fives or pat you on the back or something. I don't know. I said that last service and I got some high fives, so I don't know. Um, but I think about this story, a story that I've known since I was a kid. You, you think about this story of Abraham and immediately you, you see that Abraham is being tested, right? But Isaac was being tested as well. Isaac continued to submit to his father. He continued to trust his God, just like Jesus, he submitted. But in this story, it's almost as if God is saying, hey, do you trust me? Do you trust that my character, do you trust that I will provide? Do you trust that, my in, that I have the best interest for your life? Then test me. Follow through with what I have commanded you to do and see what happens. And Abraham, he followed through. He passed that test. Are you willing to do the same? Because even in the Bible, God says, if you're willing to give, test me on it and, and you will see what happens. So we come here today as a family, bringing our commitments forward, leaving them at the cross. We come here today, naming this place, this mountain that we stand on, the Lord will provide. We name it Jehovah Jireh proclaiming that we will not withhold anything from God because he did not withhold anything from us when he sent his one and only son to be our sacrifice. So if you would stand with me now, I'll pray for us before we begin this test. Um, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your goodness, God. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you are a good God, a God who did not withhold your one and only son from us. We were bound on the altar, God. We were, we were set up for death, God. We were set up for punishment, bound to our sin, bound to our shame, bound to our regret. But Jesus, he came. Jesus, he was the knife that cut the ropes that set us free. All because of you, all because of his sacrifice. So now we come before you, proclaiming that we will not withhold anything from you. We come before you following your commands, obeying and trusting Jehovah Jireh that you will provide. And I thank you for my church family. As we gather in this place, as we gather in this mountain, we gather together knowing that you are going to continue to use this church. You're going to continue to take this church to the next level. So it would continue to be a mountain where you provide, a mountain where people know Jesus and make him known. And we thank you for all that you do, God. And we just pray right now that you would, you would lead us and direct us now. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and follow us on our social media platforms. That way you can stay up to date with what's happening here at Central. And as always, have a great week.